The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net and call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905 972 7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jay. You know, it's a it's a bizarre scenario we're living in here. We've been talking for the last two years about global pandemics and and how that's affecting everything. Now we've got this conflict going on and and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, And and who knows where that's going to go, how long it's going to last. What does that do to financial outlooks? What does it do uh, just to the market in general when we have this sort of conflict uh, in the world? Yeah, talk about volatility. You know, you go back to Thursday and the markets opened up 3% um, below the day before. Now, there are a lot, you know, to the most part this year, this has all been going on anyway. It's always been in yeah. the back of mind. You know, they basically are, are, you know, got troops all around the border. So, you know, something's up even in spite of what anybody else was saying. And so the markets were kind of taking that into account. And then all of a sudden it actually happened over, uh, Wednesday evening, and the markets were down around, you know, two and a half to three percent overnight. Uh, Europe was down even more, four to five percent. And then along that day, the stock market actually was ended positive by a couple percent on the NASDAQ, with the technology side was actually up about a couple percent. And you say, how the heck can it go from minus three to plus two in a day? And that's how much uncertainty plays a role in the, the psyche of investors. And the certainty was, no, there's an invasion. But up until the point of the invasion, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Are they going to turn around? Is that it? Or is it just a, a show of force? You just don't know. But but really, it, it's nerve-wracking as an investor. And I know uh, Jay's going to go into, uh, you know, kind of proofing, uh, you know, life-proofing your portfolio, if you will. But it is, you know, there's that feeling of uncertainty. And, and I don't know how people do it without an advisor, to be honest, because hmm. if you're trying to do this on your own and you have to look at the headlines and everything else, it's nice to have somebody to talk to that says, OK, you know, cooler heads prevail. We've gone through lots of this stuff in the past. If you look at something we, we call the index charts, they've shown all these little dots along the way of the last hundred years of everything from World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, you know, Gulf War, all these different wars that have gone on never mind other crises you know y2k doesn't matter there's always something Mm -hmm. and that's just the markets in general there's always something and but companies are around and you're actually buying companies that make money and that's the stock market you're buying blue chip companies say coca-cola as an example or royal bank or any of the you know very large companies that's what you have to own but people get caught up in the emotion rather than what they, they often forget of what they have. So this is a, a good time to have a review with your, your financial planner and uh, take a look at what you're actually doing. Cause some people I find have taken on a lot of risk in the last few years because they've seen the markets go up a lot. Mm. And I know Jay, that's something you're going to talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely, Don. So yeah, you make a good point. You're you're dating yourself. You're talking about that you know what went on in the World Wars. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure you've been around that. I'm not sure you've been around that long, but yeah, well, had, my grandfather talked about him. Okay, he, had, he has the research numbers. Okay, the research numbers. So yeah, that's a Don makes a great point. You know, there's been so many world events that have happened, even in our careers, Don in our careers that we've seen and we've we've been through them. Whether it be 9/11, which uh, obviously was catastrophic in so many different ways, um, but this Ukraine. Ukraine war is is another thing that's and I don't want to downplay the the importance of it but it it's a blip on the on the radar in the long term scheme of things when you're looking at a portfolio over a short period of time, yeah, it definitely causes pain to a portfolio. Um, but but over the long time, um, we see these these bumps and these these speed bumps, I like to call them, that that kind of level out over time. So you, you forget about them. 2008, 2011, 2015, all of these times there was there was speed bumps along the way. So this is another speed bump. The way I look at it, and it's short sighted to to look at. And in this case, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of days or weeks uh, or months ahead of us. But like Don said, the, the market was down 750 points before it even opened on, on Wednesday, uh, going into Thursday, two and a half percent or two, 2.28% down. And now, now at, by the end of the day on Thursday, it was back in the positive territory. So again, that's a speed bump. I don't know what the future is going to bring, but um, again, those are speed bumps along the way. So I, I look at term and those yeah, are very short term things. And, you know, that's it. That's not even, tw- you know, 12 hours. Yeah. And so how do you measure your long-term financial plan based on a day. And again, not to minimize the importance and, yeah. you know, the geopolitical and, and, and the lives lost, everything else. That's, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but sure. looking simply at your investment portfolio and how does this affect you as an investor, you know, is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just some tips. So I'm not going to give any revelations here today that's going to safeguard you from any downturns in the market, but just some tips on, on what uh, Canadian portfolios generally look at, what we see when we, when we meet with clients. Um, a, a lot of the exposure to, to Canadian portfolios is, is different, but most of it's very similar. And most clients, um, when they come in to see with us or meet with us, will have some kind of fixed income exposure to their portfolio. So um, fixed income and equities, just to kind of give you a difference, a fixed income is like bonds, mortgages, uh, real estate, uh, private debt, those types of things where equities, when we're talking about equities, we're talking about stocks. Um, so a lot of people will have fixed income in their portfolio. Uh, recently, fixed income hasn't performed that well. So a lot of people over the last two years have been kicking and screaming about the fact that they have fixed income in their portfolio. But when markets are down or when they do have a downturn, fixed income is the last place usually that gets affected uh, compared to, or not affected nearly as much as what uh, what an equity portfolio would is. So you definitely want to have a fixed income element to your portfolio. Over the last two years, again, if you're all in stocks, great. Uh, it might be time to sit down with your advisor and look to see if you've got enough fixed income in your portfolio as, as part of the balanced approach. The other thing is a lot of Canadian investors will have mutual funds in their portfolio. In these mutual funds, they've got Canadian stocks. And recently, the price of oil has gone up. As, as we know, the, at the pumps, everyone's, everyone's feeling that. Um, oil's trading uh, over $90, almost $100 a barrel again. Um, that's up about 26% on the year, um, which is amazing, um, but it, it hurts you on the pump. The other thing is 
that most of the Canadian stocks or a lot of our Canadian stocks are oil-based or natural resource-based. So a lot of people have these, these holdings in their portfolio, which safeguard them in a time like this. Um, again, not, not isolate them completely, but they've got exposure to oil. Uh, so they're paying for it on the pumps on, the, on one side, and then they're getting it back on their stock portfolio or the mutual fund portfolio on the other side. Um, other players, gold, gold's gone up. Uh, recently, um, again, when stock markets are, are aren't doing so well, gold, uh, not exact inverse re re relation, but gold will often go up during those times. So a lot of Canadian portfolios have gold, again, just based on our, our general economy. Um, the one thing that we do have, unfortunately, in, in most of our Canadian portfolios or our equity portfolios is, is financials. And we've seen a good run for financials over the last two years. Um, dividends being paid out, uh, the stock price is going up. So we've 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 been very, very lucky to have what we have in our portfolios just by default. But again, when stock markets crash, financials usually get hit a little bit harder than, than most, um, and especially with these geopolitical uh, issues that are going on. Dividend stocks. So having dividend stocks in your portfolio, again, the stock price may go down, but if dividends are being issued, um, it can augment some of the returns in your portfolio. So if a, if a stock's paying a 3% dividend and it's down 3%, you know, your net you're net neutral on the on the portfolio. Um, not all stocks pay dividends, but a lot of uh, our blue chip stocks in Canada that a lot of people hold here uh, in their portfolios will have will have uh, will have dividends. The one thing to be cautious about with dividends is it's not guaranteed, um, and that's a misnomer that uh, a lot of our clients think that they're getting that dividend and it's automatic. Um, it's they have the ability to adjust those dividends. Those dividends are based on on the success of those those companies, and it's not on the radar at this point that they're dropping dividends. But uh, just beware that dividends are not guaranteed. Um, even in our bank stocks, they're not guaranteed. Um, cash position. So in the last couple of years. A lot of people are spending a lot, lot less money on travel, clothes, dinners out, driving. So they've got cash positions either in their portfolio or in their bank account. So this is a safeguard as well. Um, it, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You can have cash in your portfolio, which in the last two years has really hurt you um, not being in the market because of the returns that we've seen. But in a down market, if you've got cash in your portfolio, it provides opportunity. And I'm not saying the whole portfolio in cash, but having a, an exposure to cash or an element of cash in your portfolio allows you to take advantage when the stock market is down. And if it does correct itself or, or if we're in a recession state at any point, if you've got cash in your portfolio, it's opportunity for you to jump into the market and buy something that's on sale. Um, you know, if there's if there's a strong company that you had your eye on for for years, or or a sector that you had your eye on for years, and it's down, um, it's an opportunity to to jump into the market. Um, you know, we had one client during this whole pandemic that that moved into cash. Uh, Don and I have you know several hundred clients, and we had one client of all clients move into cash. It was the absolute worst. I was actually talking to the client this morning, and it was the absolute worst time. He cashed out on March 11th, and March 13th was the bottom of the market. So cashing out, he was panicked. He was trying to protect his family and make sure that he was doing the right thing, and he didn't know what the future was. No one knew what the future was going to bring back on March 11th, so he cashed everything out, much to Don and our chagrin. Um, so what year he, was this, Jay? This is 2000, 2020, okay. 2020, gotcha. sorry. Yeah. So right at the, right at the pandemic, the, the peak of the pandemic, the market's down, um, he cashed out and we tried to talk him out of it. And he was the only one that moved into cash. And then he jumped back into the market in May. 
of 2021 and missed out on close to 49% gains during that time. So he thought he was doing the right thing, moving into cash. What was his reaction, though, when he got back in in May after he had made the move? Sure. Well, his tail's between his legs a little bit. And, he, you know, he's, he came back to us and said, you know, I should have listened to you. But he, he honestly, in his mind, had sold himself on the fact that he's doing the right thing for his family by getting them out of the market, sitting in cash and waiting for things to settle down. And it was the exact opposite of what you need to do. Again, coming back to what Don talked about earlier in the conversation, you know, there's lots of world events that have happened over the last hundred years and the stock markets always come back. These companies continue to make money. Capitalism prevails and we continue to make money. So sitting in the sidelines is a, is a, is a, is a tough thing to tough thing to do. And, and usually doesn't work in your favor. Um, in our experience over the last, you know, de- couple of decades, Don, maybe a couple more decades than me, but oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sitting in cash generally doesn't work in your favor. You just can't time the market. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox group, private wealth management. You can find out more at donfox.net or call them at IG private wealth management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. We've talked about this a few times, uh, Don. An investment plan is not a financial plan. Uh, One is very different from the other. Yeah, absolutely. And investment is part of your overall plan. Obviously, money is incredibly important because, you know, you can't run your financial plan without funds. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out there buying your lifestyle, your cash flow. Just the name of cash flow means you got to have cash. OK, so looking at the overall wealth, financial well-being, having your investments properly diversified is part of it. And but it is interesting. You know, you look at the headlines now. No wonder we have a tough time with this. Um, you know, they'll talk about a market crash or the market soaring. Well, just put this in perspective. Do you, you imagine if that was on the elevator instead of up and down? Okay. Okay. Crash and soar. It's just up and down. And that's all the market's doing. It's going up or it's going down and it works its way up. And the whole idea of cash as Jay <laughs> mentioned earlier with simply about having cash on the sideline, trying to guess the market. You know, right off the get-go, you're in a losing proposition. Three-quarters of the time, the market's going up. So you're trying to guess that 25%, and you're trying to time it right. Well, the odds are better in Vegas, honestly, because if they're making 60% right, um, and you're only making 40 there's a ton of people going to Vegas with those odds. Well, this one is even worse, trying to put money in cash. And not to say you shouldn't have some money in cash, but if Warren Buffett and all the great gurus of money cannot come up with how to time the market, why do you think we should? And funny enough, Jay, you did mention he, 
Uh, men are often the worst at this. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I rarely find it's the women that are moving the money and say, okay, we got to go to the sidelines here now. And, you know, there might be some an emotional panic here and there, but it's uh, generally speaking, men have been proven to be worse investors than women because they react to yeah. the markets. Yeah. And ego they try gets- to overthink oh. it in ego. Yeah. Yeah, ego gets in the way. You know, Don, we've been around long enough and we've seen that, you know, it's usually that that 40, 45-year-old to 55-year-old, almost like a midlife crisis where they, they oh, think they sure. know everything and it's almost like a teenager, but they're in their midlife crisis. So their ego gets in the way, they know everything. And a and teenager see, with money. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. And, oh. and you know, Scott, that's a great point because, you know, when you're in your, when you hit 45 to 55, you're probably in your prime income earning years. So you get a little, you puff your chest out a little bit more and you start knowing, thinking, you know, a little bit more than you do. So anyway, sorry to interrupt there, Don. Oh, no, no worries. And, and a little bit of knowledge, particularly in this business is dangerous. It really is. You talk to a portfolio manager and what their level of knowledge of every company that they own is insane. Like it is over the top and why they own it. They know them better than their own kids. Some of these portfolio managers. So I like, I like an, uh, a financial planner to somebody giving you directions on how to get to some say remote place. It doesn't, you know, let's say you're driving to Florida or let's say you're going to Michigan or if even, it doesn't matter where you're deciding. Okay. In the old days, you used to go to CAA and get one of those trip ticks. Remember that Scott? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And they highlighted the route. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Pretty you would, you, you would get the flip over map and it would all be, you know, in oh, an yeah. orange highlighter or something like yeah, that. One more page. We're in Florida. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they were great. And, you got and they'd have all the, the, they'd have all the rest stops too. in the restaurant <laughs> you should go to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know. I'm, I know they still exist because I am a, a CAA member and they still talk about as one of the, you know, benefits of being a CAA member. I don't know the last time I've ever even seen one of these things. Maybe they just send you, maybe they just send it to you on your phone <laughs> and it comes out, it comes out on your GPS in some way. Well, that would be actually kind of cool, but that's the whole point. There's GPS now. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, even going to Toronto or if you're going to the airport, there's like a few different ways to get to the Toronto airport. Uh, we hit, you know, Google maps, yeah. which is the best way based on traffic, you know, and everything else. And which is the quickest way. So often the lowest speed limit may be the best way to get there. It doesn't have to be the highest speed limit. And so when you look at investments, and this is diversified portfolio, the tech stocks have been in the past recently, the highest speed limit. That's where the most risk is. Okay, you can go the fastest. And sure, sure enough, during this pandemic, you know, the, the Pelotons, the Amazons, the Teslas, these DocuSigns, there's so many of these tech stocks have just gone through the roof. Funny enough, though, um, they've also since people are trying to go back, some of those stocks are down about 80% now. And so, you know, it's the idea of trying to create your own portfolio. I don't know how it, it not to mention stress, and I'm going to get to stress in a second. But now with a financial planner, I had a conversation back on Friday, yesterday with a, with a client says, you know, all his friends, most of his friends, and he's, you know, pretty well healed all have financial planners other than one or two, he said. There's one he could come up with. And he says, well, maybe he's just too cheap to get a financial planner. <laughs> and it's kind of actually the opposite because your net worth on average is about two and a three, 2.3 times 
somebody that is not working with a financial planner. So how can that be? It's not about price. It's not about, well, this one costs more than this. It's the value you're getting. It's the making the right decisions. That, co- that cost of 49%, I think you said, Jay, for him to yep. be on the sidelines? Yeah. 49%. So let's say he had $500,000. That's a $200,000 error. That doesn't come back. No. Yeah. How, okay. do you recoup, how do you recoup that loss? I, I looked at the portfolio. Let's call it a million dollar portfolio. And it was, he, he lost $420,000. So how do, you, how do you recoup that in your lifetime even? Right. Um, that's and, a good point. Like that's, that's a lifetime's worth of savings there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our if you're, job really, if you're not, if you're not right. earning income and you're, and you're just relying on this as your portfolio. And again, thinking that you're doing the right thing, safeguarding yourself, sitting on the sidelines, it seems safe. It seems mm-hmm. logical. It does seem logical, um, but it isn't, it really is no. the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And we, we really do help clients protect them from the big mistake. And that mistake often is going to safety. That's one of them. Get you know, um, the other one is is going too risky. Um, let's get into those marijuana stocks for all the craze not long ago. Whoa, could we do? Isn't there an ETF in marijuana stocks and all this stuff was going on? Well, they're all down about 80, 90 percent now too. So it's it's getting off the skinny branches or 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 being too safe. So that's the investment portfolio planning is in most of it psychological and emotional. It really is. It's because if you actually took a ten thousand foot view and say, wow, if I just got a very well-diversified portfolio covering everything from Canada, US, Europe, emerging markets, and some fixed income, I would have averaged about 8% a year over the last 25 years. Pretty good. And uh, you know, most people would have accepted that. Lately, with interest rates lower, you, know, you may have averaged six, but still quite good, a lot better than no, oh, I don't know what your gentleman had, uh, maybe half percent sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, But that's just part of it. That's the investment plan. And it, that is not necessarily a financial plan. It's funny, last year, investors, IG Wealth Management took a survey and 80% of the people in the survey thought an investment plan was a financial plan. And I, look to, I looked at a couple of uh, commercials that some of the banks have come through and they says, oh yes, and we'll help you with your financial plan. And they immediately says, and we'll go over all your investments. Well, they're basically equating the two they mm-hmm. are saying that investments is your financial plan and for most planners that's all they do in fact 75 percent of the people that work with a financial planner and you know as a listener you might be one of them right now so think about this as, as i'm saying this 75 percent working with financial planner are only discussing their investments and it's it's odd like we i guess from where we come from jay We've been doing this for, you know, in your case, I have 37 years for me. And I, what are you, Jay, 20, 25, 25 years. We just take it second nature. We talk about the tax planning. We talk about cash flow. We talk about retirement planning. We talk about risk management, whether it be insurance. We talk about estate planning. How do you pass this on? This is just part of our, it's it's in our skin. This is what we do. Yes, investments, investment planning is part of it. But it's kind of interesting that's what most people think a financial planner is all about. And hopefully um, for those listeners, I, I know you're, you know, might be preaching to the converted here because you've listened to the show and you were saying, well, of course that's a financial plan. In fact, I deal with, you know, somebody like, or we may be dealing with uh, Don or Jay right now, or we're dealing with somebody like Don or Jay, but a lot of people aren't. 
and they're just simply looking at investments and they're leaving so much money on the table because they aren't getting a pure financial plan. Yeah. So I, I, I would just interject there, Don, that, you know, I don't know how many times in the last 25 years that people have come into the office and we ask them to bring their financial plan with them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's part of our, our, our initial meeting and they bring in their investment statements and that's it. And that's all they have. And that's yeah. their, that's their financial plan. And they're like, here it is. And then, you know, it's in a nice binder or something like that. And they've got all their statements nicely categorized from year to year. And that's it. That's all they've got. And I said, so what's the plan? They're like, it's right here. This is it. <laughs> and it, that's it. That's all yeah. they have. So, yeah. And you know, that's not a plan. No, the misconception is that the plan is that you're getting your statements every year and, and you've got some kind of direction because the portfolio is making changes or something like that. And that's the plan. That's not a plan. Uh, the plan has to go a lot more deeper, like you said, into cash flow, into what your needs and what your goals are for the future, um, as opposed to just looking at return rates. And every single person has a different financial journey. You know, you look at you know, how many kids do you have? Are you married? Are you single? Uh, health concerns. Or, or protecting against health, uh, home ownership, or are you renting? Your actual investment portfolio, absolutely, that's part of it. Do you have a pension? Don't you have a pension? Are you self-employed? Are you not self-employed? There's so many. I can keep going on and on. But every single client of ours is different. There is no cookie cutter. This is your financial plan next. And that's how a lot of the institutions are working. And they fill out a little portfolio thing and out pops out this financial plan, which is really simply an investment statement extrapolating what the return will be and what your investments will be in 20 years if you do this. Honestly, I can do that on my financial calculator in in a period of 15 seconds. It won't look Mm -hmm. as pretty, but it comes up with a nice chart, okay? Mm -hmm. And so our our CFP organization called FP um, last year did a stress test. And uh, I know, I think we talked about this maybe six weeks ago, but the number one stress for Canadians by a long shot and we're in a pandemic, this is 2021, is money. 38% of people rate money as their number one stress, 38%. Number two was health at 26%. Not surprising considering we were in a pandemic and still are to a certain extent, hopefully getting out. I keep hoping and get, get rid of those masks soon. And uh, work was 20%. Relationships was 15%. And what, funny about enough, snow, uh, what about snow removal? Snow removal. Where's that? Where's that on the list? <laughs> Depends <laughs> what day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Lately, lately we're getting a little bit, which is true. Um, but yeah. relationships. Funny enough, when it comes to relationships, the number one reason for relationships not working out is money too. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so they're hand in, they're hand in hand for sure. They are so hand in hand. So Canadians working with an actual certified financial planner. We're significantly more optimistic about their financial future. Far lessly to say stress, no money stress, led to health problems. Weirdly enough, number two was health, personal health was an issue, but money is actually leading to the health concerns, which because they worry so much. So it actually worked out uh, 31% of people felt money was leading to health concerns versus only 20% that have a financial planner. So I guess we're helping out Jay with people with their health too. We didn't we actually go, know, yeah. didn't know this. Right. Maybe um, we'll get a doctor degree at some point. <laughs> you should so, at least be taking first aid. Yeah. <laughs> but it all is about going through it and there's more to it. There's so many soft things. It's just having, knowing that you have a person that you can call 
given this situation, so example, uh, I had a few clients contact me about this Russian invasion. Now, to be honest, I only had a few. There's only three. And it may, it's obviously on their mind, but that's okay. We've had these discussions over many years that these are all blips. In fact, we found that these are often opportunities. In, in different wars, going back, the Vietnam War, it dropped about 5%. And in the following year, two years, the market was up 19. The Gulf War in, in, in January uh, 1991, there was a 5% drop. A year later, it was a 30% increase in the market. Afghanistan, um, it was an 18% drop in October 2001. By April uh, 2002, it had fully recovered. Um, in the Iraq War, there was a 14% drop in March of 03. And by March of 04, there was a 40% increase. Like 40% increase. Again, going back to what you're saying, Jay, if you're on the sidelines, oh, I want to get out of this, you missed on a 40% increase, not too dissimilar to this pandemic. And then there was the Crimean crisis in uh, you know, uh, February 2014, 5% drop. By 2015, there's a 20% increase. It turned out that leading up to the invasion was where the downside was. And this is the same thing that has happened with this recent Russia-Ukraine invasion. All of January and going into last week, it was a slow trickle of a drop, worrying about this potential invasion. But actually, while the, when the invasion happens soon after, or even prior to the invasion, the market starts to recover. And so that's the emotional side of money and behavior of investments or investors rather is one of the, is, is the biggest um, detriment to their return. It isn't, did you pick the right fund manager? Did you do this? Did you do that right? It's what did you do actually? What was your behavior during these times? And I don't know if any of the listeners out there would like to hear that they could have lost 40% by being out of the market. They might felt good, but they, by being out of the market during that pandemic, they would have lost 40%. And I know your client, Jay, wasn't the only one that did this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people that do it on their own that don't have an advisor um, talking to them in their ear and letting them know that it's not different this time. Um, yeah. Cause everyone, everyone says it's different this time. It's different this time, right? <laughs> it's not, it's not different this time. We've been through it. We've seen it before. Again, capitalism will, will prevail. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don, uh, Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. DonFox.net to find out more. And you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. And we're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are with us from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, we're going to be talking, and this is good considering the snow we've had of late. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, financial tips for Canadian snowbirds. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the triptych uh, going down to Florida. So <laughs> a lot of Canadians for the last couple of years haven't been able to go down to Florida, or if they have, it's been augmented to, to some degree, but uh, we're seeing things open up again, and, and which is good. And, uh, and Canadians are going back down to the States. So different things that uh, you can do to, to kind of reduce the blow. Everyone's concerned about currency and it, it fluctuates so much and there's no way to time that. Just going back to the other segments that we talked about, there's no way to time the currency market. There's gentlemen that do it for a living every day and don't get it right. Uh, what makes you know the average investor or the average uh, Canadian think that they can time currency markets and think that they're going to time it right? So it's a, it's a fool's game in my, my opinion. Um, uh, and it's a lot of stress. Um, but some people enjoy that sick pleasure about uh, try, try, trying to time the market and trying to time currency. And, and it's, it's funny to watch some of our clients do it, but um, it's, it's really a guessing game. So uh, one thing you can do is you can hold, um, uh, consider holding US dollar stocks. So if you have a stock portfolio, um, you can hold your investments in a US dollar account. So you can have an investment portfolio of Canadian stocks or, or US mutual funds or, or whatever, but you can also hold them in US dollars as well. So if you've got a portfolio and you know that you're, you're going to need money for the next, you know, 10 years while you're going back and forth to Florida or Arizona or wherever you're going and you need US dollars, make it part of your investment portfolio. Have U.S.-based investments traded on the U.S. stock stock exchange, and and have those in your portfolio. This will this will reduce your your need to worry about currency fluctuations. If you've got U.S. dollars already in investments, it's there, and you can just pull it, and you're not converting it back to Canadian dollars. So it's always in U.S. dollars, and, it, and it's there for you to use, and use it like part of your retirement planning. Um, function as as if it was a Canadian investment, just like you do with your regular lifestyle here, but use it as as your as your um, as your savings account or your or investment account to fund your fund your retirement. So a lot of people you can hold stocks, you can hold bonds, you can have cash, you can you can do all of that. So just like a, you would with a regular investment account here in Canada, and you can hold it here in Canada on, with a Canadian brokerage firm or an investment firm like ourselves. Um, again, uh, avoid trying to f the the foreign exchanges. You're you're in in for a world of hurt. I think more than anything, put a plan in place uh, years before. So if you're thinking about that, the, your goal is to retire down in Florida or Arizona. Uh, think about it with with your financial advisor. Can you afford it? Can you afford two homes? If you're going to buy a home down there, or you're going to rent. Um, does it change your retirement lifestyle? You know, you put a, a plan in place that you're going to be able to live here in Canada and, and be able to fund that, that retirement. But what increased costs are involved? Um, you know, Don and I were talking about putting a retirement plan in place. You know, go through a detailed cash flow analysis. If you were staying in Canada and you needed $10,000 a month to live off of, and now you're going down to Florida for a couple of months and you got two households, it may increase your cash flow by two, two grand a month or something like that. So you need to work that into the plan, especially if it's a long-term plan. Plan. You know, if you're going to be going down there for 10 or 20 years, that's a big cost and you, and you have to factor that in no different than owning a cottage or something like that. Um, vacation down there first, see if you like it. Uh, just don't just don't buy a place down there and then all of a sudden realize you don't even want to be in Florida or Arizona or wherever it is. Um, health insurance, health and dental insurance. Make sure that you've uh, either been pre-approved or look into what kind of coverage you need. If you've got coverage from your employer already and, and that carries forward into your retirement, great. But if you need a private plan, make sure you qualify. 
um, and look at what restrictions are, are on these plans. A lot of these plans during COVID didn't cover COVID-related uh, incidents. So if you were down there and you got COVID, they weren't covering you. Uh, some insurance companies were, some weren't. So you really need to look at the details uh, before you put it before you get down there. Put a plan in place, like I said. Um, keep a U.S. cash account. That's always a good way. Um, just put money in. Don't try and time it. Um, if if you think the the market's going to do one thing or another, it's probably going to do the exact opposite. So uh, keep money in a U.S. cash account. Um, again, if you have U.S. investments and dividends are being paid out, you can have that go into a U.S. cash account. Uh, be aware of tax issues. So owning a property down in the States seems sexy and it, it's, it's kind of a fun thing to do. And it's, it alleviates a lot of the, the costs for, for renting or, or staying in a hotel. Um, but if you're obtaining any income from a property down in the States, it could, it could work in, in your detriment because you've got to file a U.S. tax return. Um, if you pass away when you've got a property in the United States and then your estate has to deal with that, how, how is that handled? So there's lots of tax implications that could be uh, an issue. Other things uh, that we've looked at, a lot of our clients are renting out their homes now here in Canada when they go down. Um, the reason being is that it's very easy with Airbnb and all these other uh, fabulous websites that are out there that allow you to rent out your home while you're there. So if you are cash strapped or having an issue and you want to really go down to Florida and you, you can't make it work, uh, one way to augment that is to, to rent out your home here in Canada. So I, there's a lot of different things that go on um, when you go down to Florida or, or, or wherever in the South, but um, put a plan in place, I guess is the, the, the bottom line here. Otherwise, otherwise you're planning to fail. We are planning your snowbird financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Donfox.net to find out more, call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. Gonna take a break here, we're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Donfox.net to find out more. And you can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. We've certainly seen, especially during this pandemic, uh, how things have changed in the housing market and such. Demand has never been higher. But uh, you've got some signs that, in fact, this uh, whole housing market industry thing has just gone nuts, gone bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly has. And, you know, we don't have to go too far to just look at the returns in the last two years when they're up almost 50 percent in a lot of the Canadian cities. That is not normal. Like no. that's that's that is nuts. Like that is bonkers just alone. You know, when you saw the, uh, you know, the average Hamilton home went up over a million dollars just re- recently. In fact, the GTA in general is up over a million dollars. And, you know, what they did, they looked at the states as an example, and it's also gone up a fair bit. And, you know, a million dollar home, you know, is, is just the average here. Well, right now in New York City, it's 1.3 million. Okay, so Hamilton or New York City, you know, but again, that is US dollars. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so got to say that. Um, LA is uh, 900, Seattle, 720. Boston is about $700,000 US. In Phoenix right now, you can buy a place in Phoenix and the median cost of a place in Phoenix is 423,000 US versus 
a million dollar home in Hamilton. So Perfect nothing wrong with Hamilton. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those snowbirds <laughs> yeah. are out there saying, hey, I'm glad I, I logged on to the 900 CHML website and listened to this show. I'm doing pretty good here owning this home. And in Chicago, I guess there's big, you know, good and bad parts of every city too. So it does mix it all in, but 315,000 US. So putting this in perspective, you could buy a house if you took the US dollar and converted it to Canadian dollars. You can buy an average home in Boston or an average home in Chilliwack, Chilliwack, BC. Same price. Mm, wow. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> you can buy an average home in Seattle, one of the nicer cities in the US, or one in Guelph. Mm. Same thing. Mm. Um, or you can buy an average home in Chicago and buy two houses in Barrie. <laughs> okay. Wow. So it is definitely crazy. And but then in the United States, you got to buy ammunition, right? So that's <laughs> there is that issue. And you and again, US versus Canada. So it's not a perfect line, but we have a lot of concerns too. You know, there's inflation worries, which also mean interest rates rise. And last time interest rates went up just a tiny bit, a few years before the pandemic, um, the housing prices dropped. And then all of a sudden they went down a quarter percent, and then there was a bit of a uptick in uh, again. So Housing prices do not go up a straight line. Now, if you're going to live in it, great. But it, it, an article I was reading that one in five houses are investment properties right now. They're not living in them. So mm. that's also pushing up the price yeah. of a house. So it's interesting times. And then in The Spectator, just last week, they were showing the average house in the GTA has soared 450% over the last 25 years. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that seems awfully big at 450%. That's the headline. So I thought, you know what? Um, that's actually not that great. It's okay. That means you bought a house in 1996 for $198,000. And as of now, it's worth $1,095,000. So that's, I worked it out. That's a 7% per year rate of return. It doesn't sound nearly as sexy to mm -hmm. call it 7% per year. It's way better to say it's gone up 450% over yeah. 25 years. In fact, if you just put it into a global fund, nothing, you know, you didn't pick the right sector. You just put it into a, a global mutual fund that had Canada, US predominantly would have been probably 60%, Europe, Asia, you would have made about 9% return. And that, you got to live somewhere, but putting in perspective, but yeah, again, you're not paying property tax and you don't have to redo the kitchen. You don't have to do a roof. Uh, you don't have to mow the lawn. You put $198,000 in and it would have grown to 1.7 million. Wow. And that's a yeah, lot better than that 450%. Yeah. You're talking about one in five people are buying properties for investment purposes, right? Um, so that's 20, 20% of the market's buying properties for investments. And they would have been a, a lot easier just to put it in the market and forget about it and no headaches, no, no, nothing, just no, no, tenants. no leaks, no, no cutting of the grass, nothing. Right. Well, all the listeners out there, all you have to do is think about the last month. There must have been, you might have had a, uh, some mice that came into your house. There might have been a leak somewhere, as you said. There might have been, I have to update this kitchen. It's 20 years old thought that went through you. There's always something about a house. And, and that goes on if you own a, a, another property too. So properties are a good thing to own in Canada. I'm not saying they're bad. 
but I'm just trying to put it in perspective. There's risks that go with that too. No different than the market risks. We've just seen one side of it. Right now, you've got a few days. It is February the 26th, and, and you've got until March 1st to make an important Canadian decision. Do you get an RSP or don't you? Okay. How much should we put in an RSP? Uh, RSP loan? Should I use a line of credit or should I postpone it or put money into a tax savings account? That's a, again, we don't have a lot of time to deal with that right now, but that's something you may want to think about over the weekend and get that last minute RSP. And if it makes sense for you, call your financial planner, make sure it's part of your plan. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more about them at donfox.net or call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905-972-7420. Thank you, gentlemen. Another great show. We'll chat again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.